Hello, and welcome to another amazing episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivate individuals press on towards the mark of self-actualization using a combination of old-school wisdom and newbie tactics to help achieve this end. My name is Sim, I'm going to be your host, and today we're going to be talking about living life with a slight edge. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for tuning in once again. At the time I'm recording this, it's a bit before the 4th of July holiday here in the States. And by the time you're going to be listening to this, it's going to be after the 4th of July. So I hope you had a nice long weekend, a nice time with your family and friends after many months away due to quarantine. And I hope you were able to get out there and do some stuff. Um, not just being locked inside. So I hope the weekend was rejuvenating and restful for you, however you spent it. But today, we're going to be diving a bit more into a topic that I've written about quite extensively, and I've even hinted on on here and on the show. And that topic is called, and what is known as, the slight edge. So the slight edge is a theory and working model Um, derived from the book of the same name by a guy named Jeff Olson. Fantastic book. I recommend reading it if you haven't already. And it works off of the belief that small actions done consistently over a period of time lead to a massive difference in results. And the key words in this are consistently and time. Success and failure really isn't about how hard you can grind, especially in today's world. It's really about how well you can use your mind on a daily basis and using your mind correctly day in and day out when it comes to simple, seemingly inconsequential decisions is how you make the slight edge work for you. There are certain operations that keep our world going without a hitch. Like, for example, if you think about gravity, electricity, electromagnetism, um, or some other natural phenomena that we take for granted decide to imagine if all those decide to sometimes work, then we'd be in pretty big trouble. And in fact, there wouldn't even be a stable foundation for the universe because everything would be random. So by that logic, we deduce that these laws, electromagnetism, gravity, cause and effect relationships, they only work because of cause and effect relationships. And I talked about this in an episode on universal laws. And the slight edge is one of those universal laws. Because to be honest, it's one of the most fundamental laws in existence, which is the law of sowing and reaping. So if I do something now, I'll get a result later. Cause something, I do it now, I get a result later. Effect. And later might be in a second, it might be in a minute, might be tomorrow or it might be several months or years from now, but whatever it is, I'll get some type of result and some type of feedback. And this is very basic. In fact, we learn about this type of stuff when we're just kids, and that's part of the socialization process. But as we get older, we start to take shortcuts and try and avoid or exploit this quote-unquote compound interest. Have you ever wondered why people with money just seem to get richer People with friends seem to get more friends. Guys who are athletic keep getting fitter. It's all compound interest. The decision to save $10 today or spend it, 
decision to go out and increase your social intelligence or stay in and watch a movie. The decision to keep going to the gym or not. These are all slide-edge decisions and they all add up. So success and failure by this point is evident that it's separated by a very thin line. When you walk the line of success and failure, there's a chance that you can tip in either direction, especially at the beginning. And what I did fail to mention during that whole spiel I just went on is that success and failure are very separated by that small, thin line for a little while. Because once momentum starts to pick up and incremental change starts to kick in, the success and failure curve shoot off into drastically different directions. It's crazy. If you get a diagram of the slide edge chart, like if you just Google it, you'll see the they all go in the same direction at first, but then slowly, 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 they start deviating until they deviate wildly from each other. And the aggregation of marginal gains will lead to two completely different outcomes. Here's a brief example that I'm thinking of right now. If you take two men, two strapping 21-year-old identical twins who happen to have the same variables in their life, same mother, same father, same environment, went to the same college, had the same group of friends, etc., etc., these guys then decide to get a job in the same position at the same company. One twin spends his free time always trying to better himself. The other twin, you know, he has a habit of living a hedonistic, hedonistic lifestyle. And you say, yeah, they're young, you know. And at that point, yeah, youth does compensate for a lot because the difference doesn't really matter much then. But if both of them continue on their current behavior for 10 years, where will they be? And that's where the curve starts to come into play. And by the time the curve, the slight edge curve starts to come into play, it's very difficult to resist momentum. Think of a plane. In order for that plane to fly from somewhere like LaGuardia in New York to LAX in Los Angeles, it needs to continually make consistent, constant micro-adjustments or else that plane will not end up in Los Angeles. If it makes the wrong series of micro-adjustments over the course of its flight, it may just end up God knows where. Not, not L.A., that's for sure. And that's like you. Right now, you're traveling a path. Whether you know it or not, you're traveling a path to some end destination. And if you're listening to this, I assume you have a goal or a set of goals you're going after. You probably have an ideal state you want to reach. That requires walking a certain path. That requires discipline. That requires narrow, intense focus. Like, if you are familiar with the Bible, in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, straight and narrow is the way that leads to goodness, and wide is the road that leads to destruction. Straight and narrow, very few people travel the straight and narrow path, but wide road a lot of people go through it because it's easier so let's say you are one of those young guys at 21 years old right you have a vision of who you want to be in your life by like 25 or 30 or maybe even some undefined destination in time but who you are right now and who you want to be is separated by a huge chasm a huge chasm of a lot of time a lot of work all that stuff And I explained this concept in the episode on the art of self-discipline, which I did a while ago. I think it's almost two years at this point. But 
you're going along in life and you know you're living the life of a young guy you get invited out to parties you go out, get invited to go out drinking you get invited to do all this other stuff you get involved with certain women you know all this stuff all the stuff that comes with just being a young man and like a day after a party or a night out um or even if you stay the night at a girl's place, you might have a hangover or you might just be tired because of sleep deprivation. And it makes it hard to function on the Saturday afterwards. And you say, oh, well, you know, it's just this one time. And sure, of course, it's just one time. But these things start happening more frequently. They start piling up. So you did this one weekend out of the month, you start doing this two weekends out of the month, then it becomes three, then it becomes an every weekend thing. And things add up. And next thing you know, it's three, four, five years later, and you are way off track. You're out of shape, you're undisciplined, you may even have an addiction at this point, who knows, right? And it's not that you can't come back, but you might not even, but you might even need to put like, twice the amount of effort required just to get back on track. And in addition to that, there are two big, 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 big obstacles that prevent you from living a slight-edged life. These are homeostasis and your inherent biological programming. So homeostasis, right off the bat, what is it? Homeostasis, I've talked about this before, but I'll mention it again. Homeostasis, you can think of it as like a set point for any type of organizational system. Think of it like the thermostat in your house or your apartment. Keeps everything at a nice, set, even temperature. And it makes sure that the temperature does not get too hot or too cold based on what it's set at. As a human being, you are made of various organizational systems that work in concert to keep you going. Think about your nervous system, your digestive system, your circulatory system, your respiratory system. All these things have their own homeostasis, level homeostasis, and they regulate to keep you alive, keep you intact. And these systems don't work to make you happy or to make you fulfilled, but they work to keep you going. Big difference there. And if we think about this from a, probably like a psychological perspective, you think about the systems that come into four flavors in a psychological sense, psychological and philosophical sense. So these four flavors are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And you have a paradigm or a set of paradigm for all of these. And a paradigm is a model for how you see the world and your relationship to it. Paradigms contain everything from your habits to your inclinations to your self-image and you have a paradigm for all of these systems that I just mentioned. You have a set point. You have a way, basic framework, basic model that these things operate off of. And as you are right now, who you are right now does not want to change. You don't want to become different because in fact the older you get the more difficult it becomes to change because these paradigms have become so entrenched. It's not that it's impossible. It's just that it's very difficult to back against 20, 30, however many years of programming to act a certain way. Because subconsciously, and this is, this is not a conscious belief, but subconsciously, 
You believe that you've made enough sense of the world to justify your default ways of acting and being in life. And unfortunately, most will find that our paradigms we've established uh, and reinforced through years of repetition are the products of belief systems originated through comfort or learned through incomplete information. So if you think about a guy, his parents were smokers and they ate a lot of fast food and they pretty much generally didn't take care of themselves. They were resentful. They bickered at people. They did all this stuff. They weren't living pretty much a productive life. They were just scooting by in a sense. That model is going to be picked up by the child and used to form his own model of reality. He's going to think that smoking is beneficial or normal activity. Eating fast food is all right. Not going to the gym is perfectly fine. Not exercising is fine. He's going to think all these things are perfectly fine. So, And once we realize that they're causing disproportionate amounts of discomfort and suffering, pain is the biggest motivator for people to change and people react to different levels of pain. So your rock bottom of pain is going to be different from my rock bottom. Something I may not have to go as further down that hole in order to change as you do and vice versa. So we only really try and change these paradigms once they start hitting reality. And it's like, this is not working because obviously the brain does not want to change and it'll do everything it can to resist change because neural wiring is very expensive to create. It's very resource intensive. And the brain does not want to change unless it has a reason to say, hey, you know, these neural networks that I've made over years and years, these are beneficial to your survival. Why are we getting rid of them? Why are we trying to make new ones? Um, These things are good for you. So your brain will do anything it can to help keep your neural system intact, neural wiring intact. And one of the things it does is blocking out contrary information to the paradigm. And this is known as confirmation bias. So on a neurological level, again, belief systems are formed by these neural pathways that are used over and over again. And it takes energy to make new neural pathways because that means new beliefs that leads to different actions. And that's part of the reason why so many people, despite knowing that alcohol and cigarettes are bad for you, They can't stop smoking or they can't stop drinking and they remain addicted if they're an alcoholic or if they're addicted to cigarettes or other hard drugs. And if they try and quit, then withdrawal steps in, which is the body's rebelling against that change. So what happens? That person who is going through withdrawals, maybe, maybe not, but maybe not, they may not have a background of willpower management so the withdrawals are endless they keep coming and coming and coming and the person eventually gives into the withdrawals instead of trying to ride the wave so to speak so the withdrawals are given into the behavior continues the paradigm gets reinforced because it's like ha i told you so i knew you weren't going to quit i knew you couldn't do it this is part of us this is part of you so the paradigm gets reinforced and it made gets made even stronger and faulty paradigms can last for months years even in person's entire life simply because they were not addressed and this leads into the second point which is biological conditioning and biologically you are not 
programmed to make good decisions. That's because your ancestors and mine had a short lifespan with all sorts of immediate dangers that can make that lifespan even shorter. And this required them to think about now and only now. And future thinking was not advantageous. So the people who survived were the people who were attuned to dangers in the present moment and maybe even slightly ahead of time. So that got passed down to us. And now you think we would evolve at the times, but keep in mind that evolution is a very slow process. Fast forward thousands of years, and we still have the same type of conditioning, except we're in a modern environment. And obviously, this type of thinking doesn't sit well in the modern world. Think about banks, credit card companies, marketers, get-rich-quick schemers, and all sorts of other third parties profit off of you giving into instant gratification and succumbing to lower-level biological programming, and you make these people rich because of your lack of self-discipline. And all of your bad decisions accumulate in increments and become a massive problem that's just hard to clean up. It becomes something that it shouldn't have become in the first place. And why, why is that? That's because life is constantly changing. It's fluid and nothing stays the same. And the fact of the matter is, if you're not growing, if you're not purposely improving, by default, you're dying and you're decaying. And if you aren't constantly acting in lines of self-improvement, becoming a better person, you're slowly being eroded by the nature of the changing world. And in fact, all things are in a perpetual state of decay unless they're acted upon by an outside force. Einstein already proved this with, um, sorry, that's not Einstein, Newton. Newton already proved this by saying that an object that's in motion will stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. And generally, people know this as inertia, or I believe Newton's first law of motion. I just like to call it entropy. And you probably know that saying, things get worse until they get better. Well, in this case, things most likely won't get better unless you choose to do something about it until you use your intent to do something about it. Here's three ways you can do that. The first one is to commit to long game. The slight edge is a long game process. If you're in a less than ideal situation, it didn't happen overnight and it's not going to be fixed overnight. You need to commit to small improvements over time that stack on one another to make something that's bigger than the sum of their parts. And I really like this interview that Will Smith did with Charlie Rose. It's very old at this point, probably sometime in the 90s or early 2000s. But he talked about how success is like building a wall. And he said, you shouldn't set out to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. Instead, you should set out to lay each brick as perfectly as you can. And then soon, over time, you'll have a wall. So solid incremental change is a long-term process. Success is not overnight. And think about this. It takes, on average, on average, five years for a new business to break even. And if a business has that amount of slack, then why not you? So commit to the long game. The second would be to start with small amounts. You need to be competent. You need to build a foundation. So let's go back to the example of the 21-year-old. And maybe this is you. Maybe you just finished college or you never went to college. And you have no real direction in life. You have social anxiety. You're broke. 
you live at home, and to stop it all off, you have no female companionship or male companionship or whatever you're into. You're lonely. Great. You have a good sense of your problems. Now you have to start making steps to address those. Maybe the first step is sending a resume, just one, just a single resume to a company that you found on Indeed or Monster or Glassdoor or whatever job hiring site so you can get the wheels turning on that. Might be even building a resume in the first place to send out. That may be your first step. Or it might be reaching out to a career counselor, especially if you went to college, reaching out to their career center. That's what I did when I was first um, when I first graduated from college. I reached out to them to get the ball rolling on that front. And for something like if you have social anxiety, maybe the next thing might be talking, making small talk with the cashiers or checking out your groceries. Or if you're afraid to approach women, then it might just be saying hi to the next woman you meet on a night out. It's not getting into a conversation with her. It's not trying to pick her up. It's not trying to seduce her. It could just be hi, and then that's it. <laughs> you just say hi, and then you go about your night. Done. Then you build up on that. You build up on all of that. You start sending out more resumes. You start talking to more people in the store, or you start making longer conversations. You start... Uh, going out more frequently to meet people and don't think you have to be like this dude massive herculean character at first and if you know about every story of the hero the archetypal story of the hero he always starts from the bottom the hero is always a lonely apprentice doing menial work or doing something insignificant the hero is rarely somebody who starts out at the top and usually if he does start at the top then he gets something happens to him and then he has to become somebody at the bottom like if you think about all the games you've played ever with a storyline or a hero if the hero was like a big influential guy and he was like a god or something like that something happens where he gets exiled from I'm thinking of God of War at this point with Kratos (laughs) exiled from like Mount Olympus and then he loses all of his powers and then he has to become a lowly mortal again so you're starting at the bottom so everybody starts at the bottom and the hero starts at the bottom doing menial work but then he's called to adventure and think about this over the course of the story the hero gets stronger he gets stronger and the same will happen to you but you need to start so that's the second one the third and final one is going to be something that's a bit unconventional but You need to persist through the pain. On your slight edge journey, a lot of things are going to happen to you that may attempt to knock you off course. And if nothing external happens, thank thank God, thank the lucky stars, and you're going to experience rough times in in the initial startup period of any venture. Getting started on something always sucks because it's uncomfortable It's unfamiliar, it's new, which can provide excitement, but you have to use a lot of conscious effort to think about it and do it out. It just sucks because you don't have any prior mental model about it. But once you do get started and once you do get rolling, cruising at a high level becomes easy. So in order to persist through this pain, you got to have something 
more that's worth it. So think about why you started and keep that in mind at all times. Are you starting for you? Are you starting for a family member? Are you starting for some type of other intangible ideal? Why is it? Think about it and never let go of that reason. So those are the three ways to start using the slide edge in your life. Now, we're going to come to the end here, and I'd say you can start this slide edge process at any time, but I personally believe that if you're in your late tween, late teens and early 20s, I seriously encourage you to take this to heart because me personally, I'm at the age where I can see the impact of choices made by myself and my peers and other people and some distant memories of the past. I'm at the part of my life where I can remember 10 years ago and that was my young adult. I was just starting up as a young adult. And things I did five years ago, things I started five years ago, are only now just starting to shoot up out of the ground. They're just now starting to bloom. And there's lifestyle choices that I made that I stuck with that are now just starting to gain fruition. I'm also only now addressing things that I should have taken care of years ago as well, and they're harder to wrangle with than they were at that time. So obviously I've done a lot of things right, but you know I'm human, so I've done a lot of things wrong as well. Um, but I do go in depth about the slide edge concept in my newest upcoming course, Cornerstone. And Cornerstone is a multifaceted approach towards helping you develop a strong foundation for self-development, which will enable you to take advantage of things like this and other self-development tactics. Because if you think about it, life is self-development. And if you don't have the strong foundation for that, nothing else is going to work. So if you're interested in that, in building up this foundation, this cornerstone, the link will be in the description of this episode. So I want to close out with a quote from the book, The Slight Edge, by Jeff Olson. And I think this wraps up this entire episode nicely. He said, Most people hold time as their enemy. They seek to avoid the passage of time and strive to have results now. That's a choice based on a philosophy. Successful people understand that time is their friend. And every choice I make, every choice of, every course of action I take, I always have time in mind. Time is my ally. That too is a choice based on a philosophy. Time will be your friend or your enemy. It will promote you or expose you. It depends purely upon which side of this curve you decide to ride. And it's entirely up to you. If you're doing the simple disciplines, time will promote you. If you're doing the simple few errors in judgment, time will expose you, no matter how well you appear to be doing right now. Life is a curved construction. Time is its builder and choice its master architect. So, wise words for this topic. That's all I have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked it, Please go to www.nosubborise.com for more info about topics like this, where I write at the cornerstone of psychology, philosophy, productivity, and self-improvement with a masculine slant. So, until next time, remember, keep
keep taking small, consistent steps in the direction of your goals, ideals, and aspirations. Peace. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening in. I truly appreciate your support and your attention. It means a lot. If you like this content, go ahead and like the content. Go ahead and share the content with at least two other people you think would benefit. Doesn't hurt to spread the good stuff around, right? And if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show with a honest rating. This will definitely help the show grow. And I truly appreciate your feedback. So until next time, stay good. Take care of yourself. Take care of other people. And peace. Peace.